Holly, Wayne, and Andrew. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. So it is important that uh, you know our, our our listeners know that we seek every opportunity here at IOMGeek.com to monetize uh, our product. And uh, we have recently signed an agreement, apparently, with Bush Gardens to function as call support. So, <laughs> so Paul, I you know I, I just want to commend you. You're doing an excellent job on the hotline, yeah, answering, yeah, no uh, answering questions and uh, getting people to the right place. Uh, you know, we you can get it both on the hotline as well through our uh, Instagram channel at <laughs> IOM Geek. Ask Paul any question about uh, the, the the Bush Gardens haunts, and he will tell you all you need to know. Yes, I will go to the Bush Gardens website and get the answers <laughs> that, that, that are there. Yeah. I, at, at, I think it was 5 a.m. this morning, you know, I, I get a notice and I look and someone sent us a direct message asking Paul specifically about information about the, the Bush Gardens uh, uh, experience. I'm like, this is hilarious. And, yeah. you know, Paul, like, Paul goes in. Yep, I went on the website. Here's your answer, yada, yada, yada. And the guy follows up with another question. I'm like, this is terrific. <laughs> Paul, he'll stand in the rain so you don't have to. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's so, hey, Paul. Could, Yes, sir. No, I was just going to say, ask you, how was uh, Florida and Florida. how was Bush Gardens last night? Uh, Bush Gardens last night was great. It was it was a stark contrast to Florida. Um, one, the weather was in the six, low 60s last night here in Virginia. Nice. Um, the park crowds were very minimal. Um, and, you know, honestly, it was, it was just very nice. Florida was great. I really had a great time. Um, really, it, it, I love Halloween Horror Nights. I missed it. You know, it's been two years since I've been there. So it's nice to to get out there and and actually go through a haunted house. I haven't walked through one, like I said, since 2019. So just to, it was fun. I'm glad I went. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to haunt season this year. Obviously, it's a little different than previous years, but uh, really a good trip. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of fun, and I, I certainly enjoyed uh, watching all the all the all the drinks and foods you ate yeah. uh, while you were out there. <laughs> well, and you know what's nice about it, the thing about Florida is it's only a two hour plane ride. But I try to take every advantage of that two-hour plane ride. To it's like I'm gonna watch What If. I'm gonna read every single comic that I've ever that I've never read before. Like you just jam-packed that two-hour plane ride. So I, I got caught up on my What If. I I got caught up on my comic books from you know even though we didn't podcast last week. Like I, I feel like every week I'm like oh I didn't get to read that. Well last week I read yeah. everything and we didn't podcast. But <laughs> yeah, that is one of the brilliant things about, uh, you know, air travel is the, the opportunity to get caught up on your comic books, because I, I do that or, or did that frequently when I was traveling. Well, and nowadays with digital, um, even better, right? Because I can download my comics right. on my iPad. I don't like I remember the olden days when I had to bring a stack of comics in my <laughs> carry on and flip through them or just pick up like one trade paperback. That was right, going to be my, right. my travel trade paperback. Now I could just download all my comics and, you know, I downloaded um, the newest what if at, at the time it was the Dr. Strange. What if we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Um, what was disappointing is I was hoping to download and get caught up on Star Trek lower decks, but I, at least through, at least with the membership I have, I was not able to download it. So that was a bummer. You know, I haven't watched a single episode of the new season of Lower Decks yet, and that's it is not hilarious. because I don't. I, it's not because I don't like Lower Decks. I just haven't had a chance to do it. I'm so the good. exact same way. I was. I just watching the trailer for season two. I was very excited for it, but I just had not had a chance. Yeah. Yet. 
I've had a hard, you know, I've hard enough time keeping up with what if. So if, I you know, those what of you, I'll do is uh, when Picard season two comes out, which I they have a new trailer out as well, mm-hmm. I will subscribe to Paramount Plus for like a month, watch all of Picard, and watch Lower Decks. Well, those of you who are wondering why there hasn't been a, an episode of uh, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly to talk about Lower Decks this season, that's why I haven't had a chance to watch anything. Yeah. So well, and of course, you know, we had Star Trek Day the other day. And we'll right. talk about this on our Star Trek Theron Napoleon, but it didn't start till like eight thirty at night. Yeah, and I'm like, ooh, which which I'm was great sleepy. because it didn't run during the workday, right? Yeah, but 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 I was already heading to bed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my sleepy time. That's right, that's right. I you know since pandemic, I have uh, I have really adopted an earlier nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to old man cast. For Aaron <laughs> well, yeah. But, Welcome to aging know, with Aaron and Polly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, aging, aging gracefully? Question mark. With Aaron and Paul? <laughs> uh, question mark. Question mark. Question mark. So, so Paul, while you were there in Florida, did you have an opportunity to visit a trailer park? I I did not. Um, well, you're going to visit one today because we've got trailers to talk about. <laughs> I feel like there was some theme music that I was supposed to insert there, but dear listener, you did not hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was supposed to be a whole nice bumper thing. What happened, Paul? We paid for the production on that. <laughs> Joe Bob Briggs introduced it and everything, but uh, <laughs> I didn't edit it in. I think Paul spent all that money on merch at Halloween Horror Night. I think that, you're that, right. that is and, probably and drinks and foods. Mostly yeah. drinks and foods. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bunch of trailers since the last time we talked. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the. They, even though it comes out next month, so I kind of feel like it's a little late for a trailer. We finally got a trailer for that Injustice animated movie. Yeah, I I, I was surprised uh, that it took him so long to, to, to bring that out. In fact, I, I was also surprised that it wasn't buried in the special features for uh, Long Halloween. Yeah. Because I, I don't recall seeing it there. Well, Yeah, that's where I would have expected it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the biggest surprise for me was just how freaking short it was. I'm like, okay, the movie comes out in a month. You uh, release what basically amounts to a teaser, a teaser trailer. Because it's uh-huh. it's really... Only, everything in that trailer comes from... If, if you are familiar with Injustice, the movie seems to be adapting the comic book, which is a prequel to the actual... Um, and that's a little confusing, I yeah. think. In that, you know, Injustice the game led to injustice the comic which then leads to injustice the animated movie so it's a it's an interpretation of an interpretation, of an interpretation. <laughs> just, it, yeah yeah it's just a it's just a little weird to me it but is. as a standalone thing i think it would it works better than starting with the video game story yeah or you know so if for those not familiar with injustice you know which who the hell are you um <laughs> You know, the story of Injustice is that Joker has tricked Superman using Scarecrow's fear gas into thinking he is fighting Doomsday. He accidentally, he is actually murdering Lois Lane and her unborn child. Um, he goes crazy. He becomes a dictator, takes over the world, it's, and then it turns into a fighting game. Um, or four years of comic books. And so this looks like it's starting from the beginning, and everything in the trailer is the very beginning, very beginning of that story. Um, which, again, the trailer was very surprising to me that it was like, we're just going to show one minute, and it's just all going to be from 
what I perceive as like the first ten minutes of the story. Yeah. Which either which tells me one of two things: either the move they are scrambling to get this shit done in <laughs> time because it's that's all they have to show, or two, um, the movie is going to be the first of a series of movies, and we we really won't get that much into the story in this first movie. Yeah, just based on the trailer, I kind of got the feeling that uh, Superman killing Joker is not going to be early. Like, they may lead up to that, and this is basically just starting everything off. Because mm-hmm. just the way it was set up, Joker was, looked like he was uh, captured and in police custody and just different than it was in the comic. But Aaron, were you excited to hear that Anson Mount would be playing Batman? Yeah, that is pretty exciting. Your Hollywood crush? I, lo- I do loves me some Anson Mount. I uh, wouldn't mind mounting Anson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I was kind of underwhelmed by the quality of the animation on the trailer. I, th- I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't watch a lot of the DC animated affair like you guys do. But but it seemed compared to the animated stuff I do do watch, it, it kind of seems a bit rough around the edges. What makes it super disappointing is that the video game has such incredible art. Exactly. And then the comics has better art. And I think it's it's a mistake not to make it look more like the video game. Agreed. Yeah. I I really was hoping that they were going to make it more CG uh, and and give it that that, that sort of polished look. I I was a little disappointed in that. Yeah, I, I was underwhelmed that and i watch a good bit of animated anime uh other type of stuff and and i played through injustice video game and and honestly the uh you know animation in in the video game is superior to what you know i saw in the trailer for sure well and and i'll say that on a several of the recent dc animated features have had excellent art direction Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, while I thought that the second part of Long Halloween uh, was not well directed and, you know, certainly the story was uh, was a little slow <clears throat> or a lot slow, the you cannot fault the art direction on that on that movie It's yeah. terrific. And same with the Justice Society movie. I thought the Justice Society movie was gorgeous. And I didn't get that from. From this, from the the teaser trailer that we saw for Injustice, uh, it, it it kind of looks like a a uh, a fallback to some of their earlier movies that were just not very good. Well, even when they had that that <clears throat> scene of the explosion envelop starting to envelop yeah. Metropolis, Metropolis it, did, it wasn't vibrant, it wasn't really detailed. Yeah. It's kind of like this this haze of you know rectangular shapes that are right. you know slightly shaded differently, and it's just yeah, I was I was I was disappointed in it. Yeah. So I'm, you know, obviously I'll watch it when it comes out October 19th. I will probably, I will rent, not buy. Yes, I will be renting it digitally, um, especially because it'll if if it is a fantastic movie that blows my mind, you know, it'll probably be on sale for Black Friday and I'll get it then. But yeah, you know, right? Yeah, right now I'm just planning on a rental for that one. Well, what do you what did you think of the Matrix Resurrection trailer that came out this week? Did you take the blue pill? Or the red pill? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I guess I'll start us off here on the Matrix because I mean I think everyone is probably of similar mindsets. Well, most people are probably of a similar mindset that the first Matrix was an excellent movie that probably should have been left alone. 
um, while the second and third were beautiful visually and had some fantastic um, action sequences, I found them relatively painful to sit through and still do. Um, you know, I've tried rewatching them recently and I'm like, ooh, these are long and boring. Um, yeah. So there was, was a really good video game in there, though. There was. There was, yeah. Um, so I was of mixed mind on The Matrix Resurrections. Um, after watching the trailer, I'm still of mixed mind on The Matrix <laughs> Resurrections. It, it, it just looks like more of the same. And, you know, for for me, I feel like The Matrix has... Insp- it's kind of like when you revisit a film that inspired an entire genre of films and you go back to the one that started it all and you're like, eh, okay. But like everything I've seen since that was inspired by this, now this is old hat. And that's how I kind of feel about The Matrix Resurrections. It kind of feels like, yeah, I mean, the but The Matrix inspired so much that came after that now kind of going back to the well feels like, yeah, I've seen this before. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm... I'm going to be watching it on HBO Max. I guess it's probably my, my long story short. I will be watching yeah. it on HBO Max. I, I will probably not be rushing out to a theater to see it. Yeah, definitely same here for HBO Max versus theater because I don't want to go to a theater unless I can't watch it streaming at home. For me, the trailer list left me with a lot of questions. You know, it well, got yeah. me thinking about it because the movies, the original trilogy ended with the death of some of these characters that we're seeing in the trailer. And there's a lot of just little things I noticed about it. When they're in the Matrix, it doesn't have that green tint that the originals did. You know, is that a actual key to the story or is that just they didn't do the uh, the visual aspect? Wayne is asking, is it a bug or is it a feature? Correct. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, intentional, accidental. Uh, you know, for, for starters, anytime you put, uh, you know, Jeff, Jefferson airplanes, go ask Alice on a trailer. I'm going to be into your trailer. Um, and yeah, Paul's generally right about the first three. I, I thought the first one was amazing. The second, third one had good things about, it, but the story we kind of came lost and meandering. Uh, and we don't really know much about the story and resurrections yet from that from that three minute trailer, but. It looks beautiful. I, I feel old watching you know, Keanu huh. and uh, Carrie Ann Moss there on the screen. I'm like, oh, I feel old. Uh, but I, I'm very interested in to see what the story is like because the, the trailer you know, seems to show some, some really great visuals, some great graphics. Uh, I'd be very, very interested to, to see a good Matrix movie if it was back to kind of the original uh, quality of the first one and to see if they kind of expand outside of as paul described that how they define a new genre into new area or if they're just going to go back and stay in the same box the same sandbox they've been playing in with the first three so uh, i'm interested in seeing it i i was kind of uh, stoked about the trailer so uh, i'll probably go see in the theater too more than likely yeah i noticed uh also who was missing from the trailer yeah uh we don't have hugo weaving in it so there's no agent uh smith uh morpheus uh, Fish, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not in it. And in interviews, they said they didn't reach out. He said they didn't reach out to him at all. And part of that maybe he died in the MMO that they had afterwards. Oh. And they've uh, the Wachowski sisters have been you know fairly adamant in the past about how these other things, the comics, the animatrix, the video game, are all canon. Yeah. So. The, the MMO that I never played may very well be canon. 
Yeah. So, I mean, and, and everyone's kind of calling back to that scene where Morpheus was, was killed in Enter the Matrix. Because they were adamant, like you said, that it was in canon, in continuity. So, maybe that's... But then again, everyone else died in the original trilogy, so... We'll see. Yeah, I think... So, what is that? That's December, right? Yeah. That's, that's one of the last films that we're going to get. That and Dune. Uh, through our Straight HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited yeah, for I'll, Dune. I'll watch it on HBO Max, but, uh, you know, like you guys, I, I, I can't get excited about this. Yeah. You know, I just... You know, I've been I, I I've been burned too many times, and I'm afraid to love again. So, uh, <laughs> oh, Aaron, I know I you know hold you have to me. open your heart again. You have to be willing to be loved again. You have to let people love you. Well, I yeah, I, I'm hopeful. I mean, I, it would be nice to be surprised, and I, if I I feel like if I go into low expectations, maybe I'll have a good time. You know, that generally helps. Yeah. Well, speaking of low expectations from HBO Max, <laughs> did you guys see the trailer for Aquaman: King of I, Atlantis? amazing that is not low expectations at all i can't fucking wait for the aquaman animated series i feel like you're you're joshing me right now no that looks like fun it looks ridiculous and that's <laughs> I, I i can I, agree with one part of that statement it looks ridiculous <laughs> I, I i love that it's ridiculous i i think we need more ridiculous in our lives uh i i can't wait i i didn't know it was coming it was just such a such out of nowhere um, I, I'm super excited about it, and I I like that DC's is, or DC Warner HBO Max whoever is taking chances. I think this is exciting, dude. <laughs> Aaron and I have a very different opinion of uh, the trailer. No, that being said, I'm going to give it a shot. It it is definitely it is definitely a comedic in nature show, kind of like a Ren and Stimpy. Or it had a, uh, a Batman yes, Brave and the Bold vibe to me. And I liked Brave and the Bold. Yeah, I guess I could see that. So I, I'm excited. I, it looks like fun to me. Like, I haven't been able to get into Harley Quinn, you know, the animated show. And I know that there are those Wayne out there. Is, Wayne just, is going to yell sacrilege at you. Oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah, he I, is. I, what I'm saying is that I, it's, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I haven't gotten into it. I, yeah, I, I really I, loved I, it. I, and I know people do. I, I've heard really good things about it. I just it just not doesn't uh, scratch my itch. But I saw this and I laughed and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm down. But why is why is his beard green? Why not? Exactly. Um, why is Iris Stephen Bear uh, Bear's beard blue? I mean, these are questions we have to ask. I, I feel like we don't have to ask them actually. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks it looks ridiculous to me. Maybe it will be just a funny goof, but it looks. It's kind of. I didn't watch the Modoc series on HBO. I, I don't. Oh, I mean, yeah, on uh, Hulu. Hulu. I, I don't think. Hulu. I don't think I'm watching Aquaman unless you guys come back and and someone saying like Paul tells me it's good. Then then maybe I'll get into it. <laughs> I have ever since HBO Max came along. I've really been enjoying my uh, Saturday morning cartoons. You yeah. know, and so like I've worked my way through through uh, all of the original animated series: Batman, Superman. You know the Bruce Tim stuff, uh, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Now I'm working through my way through Young Justice, and I, I, I'm just so thrilled that all of this uh, DC animated series are out there in HBO Max to stream. Yeah, yeah one thing I thought was cool they had a list of crossovers. Uh-huh. So I watched a bunch of the crossover episodes, and oh, nice. some of them were things I had never seen, yeah. like the Static Shock crossover with Batman Beyond. Oh yeah, I well, remember that. And I had no idea 
how much of the milestone characters were in Young Justice. Mm-hmm. You know that you oh, have, yeah. you had you had Static, and you had Icon and Rocket, and you know they're while they they don't get big speaking parts, they're in all the big battles. And I'm just like super super cool. I did not know that. So I need to, and it's um, a lot of content I've never watched before. Like that, the they've got the Ray series on there that I've never seen. So you know, and that's my that's the, what I'm going to watch after I finish Young Justice. Yeah, um, HBO Max stepping up their game. Uh, Malignant came out this week. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Aaron, you can get caught up on Walker. All oh, 18 God. episodes are now today. there. I, I was I was scrolling this morning and I'm like, ah. Oh. Inglorious, <laughs> high def, no commercials. You can get caught up on Walker. It got renewed for season two. How bad could it possibly be? You know, all I gotta say is that it must be just an extraordinarily cheap show to produce that it got renewed because <laughs> it was it was so bad. It was. Yeah. It was laughably bad. Oh my god! I mean, for anyone to ever say, "Wow, the Chuck Norris version was better," uh, is just shocking. And I don't understand. I do not understand. I don't understand uh, the appeal of that show because it is just awful. Badly written, badly acted, badly directed. It is just bad. So you like it? So you're gonna watch it? (laughs) Well, of course, Paul. It's it's you know Jared Padalecki, or should I say Jared Padalecki? You have to to support your home state. (laughs) Well, I think they do actually shoot that one in Austin versus the uh, what is it? Rescue nine one one Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah, Lone Star. Lone Star is what it's called with with Rob Lowe. Yeah. They do not shoot that in Austin. <laughs> they shoot their they shoot their coverage in Austin, but they don't shoot their their B roll in Austin. But they don't actually shoot the show. And it's hysterical because you know apparently there's a volcano under the city of Austin uh, because a volcano erupted there. And I'd also like to point out that uh, a hurricane apparently went through. Hurricane. And. Uh, I'd like to point out that Austin is hours from uh, from the Gulf. Uh, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh, and, and apparently there are mountains in Austin, and there there are not there are hills. But, you, uh, you sound like me talking about SEAL Team. Uh, it just drives me nuts. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't just throw a bunch of a bunch of cowboy hats on people and call it Texas. You know, I'm like, dude, can you not? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of television shows, we, we got to get caught up on our what if. We we haven't spoken since the second episode, right? Second episode? What if Funny Books got caught up on what if. What if. That's right. Um, so now we have uh, the third and fourth episodes, the Doctor Strange. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of mm-hmm. his hands? And mm-hmm. um, what if zombies? I uh, I did not much care for the Doctor Strange episode. Oh, I very much like the Doctor Strange episode. Yeah, and I'm sorry, well. that was four and five. So we, we talked about episode three. So we're five episodes yeah. in now. Yeah, I also like the Doctor Strange episode quite a bit. So, Aaron, what didn't you like about it? You know, I, I needed it to have more energy. It was very it, it seemed to stay in this very low note. There were elements that I liked about it, but it just stayed in this very sort of downbeat note the entire time. And I just wanted to see a, a more intense rise in action and uh, you know it just it felt very melancholy which i'm fine with but there was there just didn't seem to be an emotional uh rise in any of that and i just you know i was i'm, I'm fine with the downer ending but there just 
there just wasn't enough variance. It just seemed to say, seemed to be the same note all the way through. Well, I think it was kind of reflecting the crushing depression that was, you know, destroying Doctor Strange's or driving him insane, perhaps, is that, you know, he tried all these things and nothing, no matter what happened, nothing worked. Yeah. And so I just felt like there could have been, you know, a more excitement uh, around, you know, his successes, you know, in terms of, you know, gaining the other powers, harvesting those powers. Because he's not, is there something to, to, to celebrate until he has enough power to bring her back? Until yeah, then, I, it's just all, it's just all, you know, checking things off a list. There's no joy or happiness or achievement to be felt until you can bring her back. Yeah, I'll be I really very honest, I was bored throughout the entire episode. Oh, wow. Because I really enjoyed the twist of, as I'm watching it, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, I think this episode is going to be over now, but it's only like halfway through. And then we get the twist of another Doctor Strange. Yeah, and that was definitely kind of the, the most um, highest energy point, I would say, is when, you know, the two Stranges faced off uh, in, in their battle. Um, but yeah, no, I, I liked watching Doctor Strange slowly go insane. Um, I, I am loving seeing the cape as a character on these shows. True. Yes. And we saw it in, in the zombie episode as well. We saw the yep. cape as character and yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, I love his cape. That's well, a very dedicated garment. And what's funny is I like how we previously discussed that in these what ifs and at the end of the, the previous what ifs, it was like, yeah, you know, like they changed one thing, but everything's ultimately going to be okay. Like in the Captain Carter episode or the Star-Lord episode, or even the Avengers episode-ish. No, the Avengers episode had a... It was a little downer. Yeah, a little bit Loki, Loki, Loki kind of took over. But yeah, like, the these... Avengers one was the first one I loved, because it was the first one where it didn't feel like everything was better. Yeah, but these yeah. last two certainly, certainly do not have positive endings. Nope. Um, now, you know, I was actually really looking forward to What If Zombies... Yeah. I thought it would be. I thought it would take its cue a little bit more from Marvel Zombies, right? And by I mean a little bit more, I mean at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yep. it's really nothing. Nothing uh, came out of uh, from the Marvel Zombies, which I think a lot of fans of that series were probably hoping for, but this really yep. didn't. I think there were a couple little nods here and there, uh, things like Ant Man's head. Instead of Deadpool's head. Yeah. I think that was a nod. But other than that, you're right. It didn't have much to do with that at all. You know, that being said, I did not care for this episode. And this, this is I. this is the Paul, you know, Scratch Paul where he itches episode. Right. And I did not care for it. Well, just, you know, they seemed, they seemed to be very comfortable, you know, doing a little like, you know, cut the guy in half, you know, see, see you know, some somebody, uh, you know, fall apart, that kind of thing. But they shied away from blood. And there was like, I, I expected when we saw the scene, and I forget who it is, but the hand is up against the window and, and it's all foggy and misty in there. God, I forget who that was who's dying. But uh, I there, think it was Hank Pym. Sh- was it Hank Pym? Uh, there should should have been, uh, you know, as that person is being killed, there should have been a splash of blood up on the up on the uh, glass, and there wasn't. And same thing with you know all the stuff that happens on the train, you know, it, there's a lot of like cutting off body parts, but I guess blood is too far for Disney Plus. Yeah, there were some things I enjoyed in the episode, but I didn't like it overall for a couple of reasons. One, the whole we found a cure, but the cure has a 
uh, head cut off talking. Uh-huh. And it's like these bodies are rotting apart, but your cure is going to make it look like they're not rotting anymore. None, none of that worked for me. But my biggest issue was the ending because I didn't feel like there was one. Yeah. yeah it no, just stopped. Really. Yeah. yeah, it just stopped. And it stopped at a point where they're getting ready to do something. Yeah. And well, we and never I, see how that goes. And, you know, I kept because of where this story starts, I'm like, OK, well, when's Thanos showing up? You know, because that's going to be a problem. Yep. <laughs> and, and he does. Well, but he doesn't show I up don't. until the very end, and you don't get to see. You know, I want to see Thanos come to Earth and then get you know devoured by zombies, right? <laughs> you you want to see that part? I do want to see that part, yeah. and I think that's that, that was a. I think I would have enjoyed the episode more had I. I I really felt like what was going to happen. You know, while you know they they escape Wanda, right, and. They, they, they're okay. We've got it. We've got it. And then Thanos shows up and then, you know, they, they, they lose the mind stone. And I mean, I just, I felt like that was the missing piece. I felt like they either ran out of time or ran out of budget in, yeah. in their storytelling. Yeah. And so they didn't get to the part that I really wanted to see. Yeah. My wife had a great question that was something I would have liked to have seen answer. What would a zombie Thanos snap for? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to have the really same motivation or completely different motivations? Yeah. You know, some of these stories, you know, and it, it's something that didn't occur to me until the end of this episode. <clears throat> Most of these stories have, are incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if we will well, see second parts of these episodes in the second half of the season. Well, and Wayne, Wayne had You're mentioned before, uh, he'd put out the idea that maybe there's going to be a what if the, you know, watcher interfered and brought these different realities together in some way. Yeah. Um, and so I sus- I don't think that's a bad theory that, that Wayne has, which is weird to say, but um, <laughs> I, I, I could see that happening, which is why all these kind of feel un, unfinished is that they're going to that, that's the point where the watcher is going to intervene and kind of pull these people from these different universes into uh-huh. something. I will say that uh, what I did enjoy from both of these episodes and episodes before is when you you get a uh, a larger sort of, you know, uh, pullback shot, you know, to see, you know, a, a larger landscape of what's going on. And you see that silhouette of the watcher watching, reminding you uh, that the watcher is present. And then in the Doctor Strange episode where Doctor Strange actually observes the watcher you're watching yeah uh, and they had that conversation i i I did very much enjoy that piece of the doctor strange moment yeah that was a good bit and i think that that really underlines the fact that uatu is a character in these shows and i think we 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 will to your point andrew get an opportunity later on to see uatu do more than watch yeah and you know i predicted that it would be a what if episode where it all comes together and they bring them together i still think that's what it's going to be but another idea I kind of just had, we could see these worlds or some of them in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, I, I think that's yeah. absolutely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Definitely characters. I don't, I, you know, I think I think you'll see characters from the different universes come together yeah. in in multitudes of madness. But but as far as the zombie episodes concerned, it is definitely the only what if episode that I've not really enjoyed. And, and I have not read Marvel Zombies, so I don't have any kind of preconceptions about what it was going to be. But it just kind of felt kind of 
you know, the point of a zombie show is that the real monsters are, are humans. And yeah. you got a little bit of that with Vision, right? Um, but Vision's not even a human. So, eh. Uh, it kind of just kind of threw me off my usual enjoyment of zombie stuff. And really, the, the best part I could say about it is I did enjoy how they worked in the zombie storyline into the existing MCU storyline. So I like the yeah. fact that that it was introduced through the quantum realm. It was something that you know uh, Janet Van Dyne brought back when when she was recovered. Uh, so that that part I like that part of the storytelling. But as far as kind of the episode felt kind of uninspired and kind of flat to me while I was watching it. Yeah, and Andrew, since you haven't read the Marvel Zombie comics, the it also doesn't have humans be the monsters, but what it does is when they eat, they get their intellect back. So imagine a Spider-Man that has oh. eaten Aunt May and Mary Jane, and then he eats and he remembers that he ate Aunt May and Mary, Aunt May yeah. and Mary Jane and starts feeling the guilt. Yeah. They were delicious. <laughs> Uh, well, but yeah, so it was definitely kind of, kind of the, my least favorite what if at this point. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the zombie episode. And do we know what the what if, you know, the premise is going to be for next week? We don't, yeah. Mm. They're usually like uh, pretty secretive about it until yeah, a day they're or a two beforehand. Yeah, about that, yeah. And I'm surprised it hasn't leaked out because that stuff usually does, but. Disney's good at keeping those leaks uh, tied down there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be excited to see what it is because I do feel like, having watched you know WandaVision, having watched Loki, I feel like they're definitely building to something, and and they've kind of definitely earned the benefit of hanging on to see what what comes next because I feel like this is going to be more than just uh, you know eight disparate stories. Yeah. Well, there are infinite possibilities, Andrew. I've heard that. I've also heard that there are infinite frontiers, Paul. Well, there's really That's just true. One. Well, actually, no. there's six. Because issue six came out. <laughs> um, this I don't week. think you understand the word infinite, but okay. <laughs> uh, the final issue of Infinite Frontier leading into Justice League Incarnate. And, uh, you know, the, the next round of, of big storylines in the DC universe. Um, so this was the, the conclusion of Infinite Frontier from Joshua Williamson and, you know, uh, I think a number of different artists. I think the artist on this last one was Hermonico. Aaron, what did you think of Infinite Frontier issue six? You know, I gotta say, uh, I feel like uh, the overarching series, you know, the issues one through six, there were some uneven moments in the storytelling, but I thought it stuck the landing. I very much enjoyed issue six, and I, I think it wrapped up this part of the story really well. Uh, I, I, I very much enjoyed the character interactions. I thought the fight scenes were exciting. Um, and I got to tell you, they did a remarkable job in the last couple of pages with on Earth Omega with Darkseid. Uh, I, I was super intrigued by what was going on there and then very much enjoyed the epilogue and spoilers, the return of Pariah from the original Crisis on the Infinite Earths. Um, I, I, I'm very excited about where this is going and uh, the the uh, next uh, chapter in the story. Yeah, I liked uh, I loved the whole pariah interaction with Flash mm -hmm. and really curious about that last page. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, I was like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what happened. It was dark side was weird to me in this issue. Like everything back on Earth Omega seemed like in character. Mm -hmm. It was weird to have him show up and just stand there and not be fighting people. Right. I was expecting it more when he shows up for everyone to be like, oh, shit. Yeah. 
but yeah, I really enjoyed this wrap up and I like the journey that we've been on with Roy because I'm not a Roy Harper fan, but I've enjoyed him in this book. I love getting Jade back because she is one of my favorite characters. And well, and overall, Leanne, you're going to get Leanne back too because yeah. now we know now Arsenal knows how to find her. Yep, and just I love any time we get to see President Superman in action fighting. Yeah, I this, I thought this was a lot of fun. You know, this is kind of mm-hmm. what uh, these big event books are supposed to be like. And, you know, one of the nice things is that this didn't sprawl out into a bunch of different books. You got to read one series, but it had that feel of a great big summer event. Uh, I dug it. How about you, Paul? I liked it. I liked it a lot. You know, I, I think where we differ in opinion is that you, you know, I think you had, you just said that it felt like a big summer blockbuster, you know, crossover without being the crossover. For me, I felt like it felt like the first arc of a, an ongoing series mm-hmm. for me, more so than it felt like. A crisis on infinite earths or something you know massive and i don't think it was you know intended to be or else it would have been 300 tie-in books and touched every book in the dc universe and and blah 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 you know but i think for what it was which is setting up this justice league incarnate series setting up what's coming next almost like a countdown to infinite crisis type book i think it did good and I, i my favorite pages you know, it's it's funny because everyone's like worried about Darkseid, and really, Darkseid was much ado about nothing in this book. Right? Like, no one really interacted with him, other than Roy Harper. Um, well, until he the interacted end. with Machine Head. Yeah, there's there's that. <laughs> as, as he Omega blasted uh, Machine Head into nothing. Yeah, yeah. And um, and he he also uses Omega beams to do something that you know we haven't seen in a little while, which is transport people. To different places right he's not right. Like just zapping people out of existence he's also zapping people back home yeah um i did like the final pages very much so yeah and so the, the the pages starting with earth omega and dark sides mm-hmm. yeah you know, my family will be here but we're going to need to to team up for what's coming next and you know the great darkness uh you know i, I that page it's funny because like it's 80 percent just black uh-huh. but it, it's just very striking uh-huh. I think my favorite issue of the whole series, because I just read five and six both last night, mm-hmm. and issue five, I think, was my favorite of the whole series. The All of the Psycho Pirate stuff where he's recruiting people by pointing out the universe gets, keeps getting rebooted in these uh, crises, and it's all our Zero's fault. Yeah. I well, and that's a good call. That. It's a good call. I mean, yeah, Earth Zero is completely to blame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad somebody said it. It needed to be said. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, very curious. I really enjoyed all of that. I'm on Team Psycho Pirate. <laughs> well, the Save last here. page, right? Earth Flash 1. Earth Flash Point 1. Like, uh-huh. what is that? Yeah. Is that a specific Flash Earth? Like, what It would it... have to be, right? Yeah. I would think. So, yeah. Infinite Frontiers. Yeah. I, oh, I, I also like how they pointed out that it's all Flash's fault. Everything. Usually. So, you know, speaking of multiverses, we're just going all sorts of multiverses today. Um, Defenders, issue two, came out. Written. I love this book. uh, I'm sorry? I love this book. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I I love this book. No, that that, that was, that's, I, 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 that's, I'm glad you said something. I, this book is just a little too chaotic for me. I, I thought I was gonna I thought I'd be okay with the second issue. Uh-huh. 
But I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on in this book. And, and, you know, it's not like I'm reading it when I'm half asleep. Like, I read it in daytime. I wasn't drinking. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. It's very Grant Morrison-y to me. Um, like all the provisions in, in, in that, that Paul has to make there when he explains that he's, <laughs> he's lost. And I'm like, look, I'm not, it wasn't midnight. I hadn't been drinking. I didn't read it after I'd been out all night at Halloween Horror Nights. I was alert and conscious. I don't know. And I still didn't understand it. It just feels like so much is happening in this book. And I think that's... It, it does feel like Final Crisis-y Grant Morrison writing about the bleed. Like, just big, crazy, fun science. But normally I can get into that stuff. But this one, I, I'm just... For some reason, I, I just did not care for it. Yeah, and... So Defenders number... No, go ahead, Wayne. I say, and the one of the few characters I know on this team leaves in this issue so defenders number two is written by al ewing drawn by javier rodriguez and it is gorgeous yes and that oh i will agree with the God. art is absolutely amazing uh, the i i cannot say enough about how lovely this book is uh i in particular i love uh the character that we were introduced to at the end of the previous book uh i believe her name is taya uh you know, who is a scienceer mm-hmm. <laughs> in the uh, sixth cosmos. Um, she's, she is lovely. She is charming. I, I just freaking love how this book is drawn and yeah, it's crazy. It is, it is a, a hyperspeed crazy book um, that I, I, you know, we get to meet baby Galactus before he, you know, travels to our universe and becomes Galactus. Uh, it is a fantastic book, and I don't know if, if you guys picked up on this, but there were a lot of DC Comics references in this book. Strange for a Marvel book, like Mother Cube. I did catch the Mother Cube yeah, thing. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, there, there were several references like that throughout the book, and I was like, I guess a lot of like New Godsy kinds of stuff mm-hmm. uh, that I was just, <laughs> I, I was highly amused by. Um, but I. I, I I thought this book was was a world of fun. I like that it is not your typical jump through the multiverse, right? Because this was the universe that existed before our universe mm-hmm. uh, that they went to, and now they're going back even further in time uh, for the next issue. But yeah, you're right. You know, we lose Silver Surfer in this book. Um, spoilers, but you know, when we lose a Silver Surfer. You know, we gain a uh, Moradun, the the uh, Sorcerer Supreme of this universe, and boy, he's a freaky looking dude. Uh, I'm excited. I, I I dig this book. I I, I like that it is balls to the walls crazy. Well, I mean, you got that he's I he may not be, but I'm pretty sure that's their Galactus. They've jumped back to the fifth world. Yeah, he may be. I mean, there's certainly some resemblances there, right? Yeah, I think my issue with this book overall is I don't like most of the characters. Uh, I'm really on board at this point just to find out who Masquerader is. Mm-hmm. But the only two characters I like are, you know, Doctor Strange, Masquerader, and I liked Silver Surfer, but he's gone now. So I'm really holding on for two characters out of four that are left. Because I don't like Harpy at all. 
and Cloud just Cloud could be interesting, but they haven't done anything with Cloud yet. But you know, Science Ear's still with them, and uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued by her. I, I agree. I'm not I'm not a fan of Harpy. I'm not a fan of uh, Cloud, but I like everybody else. Which yeah, I'm I, that I, I, I don't I, like Harpy because I've always liked Betty Banner, but I feel like once she turned into Red She Hulk or whatever, her character right. just has not has not. Yeah, I uh, preferred her as as Betty Ross Banner yeah. than I did as her whatever superhero she's being this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving this one a third issue, but I'm on the fence on it. And the real thing for me is I want to know who Masquerader is. They keep hinting that it is somebody. Like there's uh, Silver Surfer knows who it is under the mask, mm-hmm. and that apparently makes a difference. So with that making a difference, I want to know who's under the mask. I and we'll I don't it. want that to be a disappointment. You guys you know, will have to I, tell I, me because I'm out. <laughs> I, well, I'll tell you all about it, Paul. Okay. I'll, I'll call you up. We'll do an Instagram video call, and I'll read the book to you. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> so, you know, The Defenders is gorgeous, right? And, you know, I think back to our, our conversation last time around about how terrible we thought the artwork was in Darkhawk, right? Oh. Um and then I read uh, Kazar, Lord of the Jungle, issue one, or is it Lord of the Savage Land? Is that what it's called? Lord of the Savage Sav- Land. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kazar, Lord of the Savage Land. And this book also is gorgeous. Yes, it is. Uh, so, you know, Marvel does have some some uh, some terrific artists there. Uh, and I am had not been familiar with this artist, Paul. Herman uh, uh, Garcia. Yeah, nor I. Very P. Uh, P. Craig Russell uh, art very, style. Very P. Craig Russell. Um, I was I was very surprised by this. Now I am an old school Kazar Kevin Plunder fan. I I uh, loved the old uh, Marvel fanfare books mm-hmm. that he, his story was in that was drawn by Michael Golden. Uh, that's kind of where I where I fell in love with him and Shanna and and uh, Zabu. Uh, mm-hmm. Love those stories. Uh, I got to tell you, when I started reading this book, I was a little concerned uh, because it is awfully wordy. There is. is a lot of text on the page. Uh, and, I, you know, even the first page is almost more than I could stand. Um, you know, I kept thinking, man, write a novel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, go, go write your novel somewhere else. This is a visual medium. But I got to tell you, I thought the words worked. Um, I, I surprised. Interestingly, I, I got through it, and I thought Zach Thompson did a, a fine job on the script. I like this book a lot. Uh, I, 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 I'm interested to what's happening with, with Kazar. You know, he he died during the uh, Empire crossover mm-hmm. and, and was brought – the Savage Land brought him back to life just as it had uh, brought Shanna back to life previously. And it has – changed him and he's having to deal with what his resurrection means and, and the changes that are that is occurring there just thought it was a gorgeous book enjoyed the story i'm in for number two what about you paul i liked it i liked it uh, quite a bit um i thought the art was gorgeous like you said i love the dinosaurs um there's a lot going on like you i was very concerned at the wordiness yeah it is kazar by way of swamp thing uh, yeah. i will say that it has a lot oh, of body horror um yeah you know like creatures that look like something out of a Swamp Thing book. So it, it, it very much has that spin to yeah. um, to this specific volume. Uh, yeah. Now, I know myself to know um, that I'm probably just going to wait till the series is on sale. 
then pick it up right. monthly. Um, yeah, while, while I enjoyed the first issue, it did not feel like, oh man, I cannot wait for issue two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will probably wait for a sale. Um, because I'm sure this is what four to six issues they, they don't really say on the cover, but uh, I'll just pick up the miniseries collected. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a strong book. Did any of you other guys read it? That's I a did hard not. no, no, <clears throat> I did not. Yeah, well, it, it is a really sharp book. I, I think that uh, if you are new to Kazar, I'm not sure how new reader friendly it is. Um, uh, not much. I mean, there's a little bit of, of background on the uh. The recap yeah, it gives page. you a, a very brief origin story for him. Yeah. But, right. uh, I, boy, I dug this book a lot. Aaron, did you read the uh, Star Trek Mirror War book this week? I picked it up. I have not read it yet. Uh, you, you have to read it. it. Well, and I don't read as much of the IDW Star Trek books as you do, but, mm-hmm. oh, it was really good. Picard, Mirror Universe Picard is just a badass. You know, I'm really excited to read it. I just had to get the stuff out that we I knew we were going to talk about today. Uh, otherwise, it would have been first on my read pile this week. All right, we'll talk about it later. But, uh, hey, who all read Dark Ages, which was a last week book? I did. I just finished it. <laughs> well, you guys, <laughs> well, you guys talked Savage Land. Very so, exciting. Well, Wayne, what'd you think? I love this book. I loved it so much. Uh, this is... It felt like the uh, a really good what if story. I loved getting it from Peter Parker's perspective, and I am really looking forward to seeing how this world plays out, especially with the ending. It's hitting me with all the characters I love. Yeah, you know, when I started it, I didn't realize that this was an other universe story. That you know, this was was not the six one six. Neither did I when they first announced it. So yeah, that was a surprise. And so- so I, I, I had a little, uh, you know, discontinuity experience while while I, when I started it. But once I understood, OK, because I was I was doing I was asking myself a whole bunch of questions. Well, when did that happen? Who's this guy? What's going on here? Uh, but once I realized that this was not taking place in the 616. Uh, yeah. You know, when did Peter my... and MJ get a daughter that's climbing? Yeah. Up yeah. <laughs> that was my, my first big question. I think I even put that in our in our chat. Like the hell? <laughs> Sort of some some real time feedback while I was reading this book, but boy, I sure did enjoy it. I uh, I think I liked everything about this book. This book yeah. was a lot of fun. Plus, I like the uh, appearance of Devil Dinosaur. I don't get enough Devil Dinosaur in my life. <laughs> well, and what drew me in was Tom Taylor, right? So this is this is very yeah. very Tom Taylor ish, absolutely. Um, but in a different way, right? Like I think we you know when what's well, Marvel, not DC. Well, yeah, there's that, but there's also the fact that you know when you read a Tom Taylor book. You know, horrible things happen. And yeah, horrible things do happen. But in this first issue, it certainly has more of a spin of hope than like Injustice or um, what's the DC zombie one? Deceased. Yeah, this this it, it kind of seems like it's going to turn into steampunk superheroes. But I, I'm right. on board. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued. What surprised me is the previews we'd seen before were not part of this book. No. So I'm thinking they may be an issue too. One of the big things that we saw in the preview was Tony Stark with his suit goes out, falling, breaking arms, and yeah, yeah, all these horrible things happening to Tony because he's flying when his suit cuts out. None of that was in this issue, so maybe that'll be an issue too. If not, then they just made it for the preview, and that's actually I'm kind of cool with that. Yeah. What's what's the general premise of Dark Ages? I am not familiar with it. 
So the general idea about it, and the fir- whole first issue sets this up, a world where technology stops working. Essentially a giant EMP over the world that keeps going. So it's not like you, you can't even create new computers or electronics. Got it. Electronic technology just will not work. Yeah, but the but the how that happens is the story of this first issue. Yeah, it. It, it it's really good. It, it is really well done. The art is fantastic. Um, the how it happens is reasonable. Yeah, like I had no idea how they were going to do that. I just thought they were going to kind of hand wave. Oh, technology quit working. They came up with a plausible reason why it's it happened. Right. Like this feels like this first issue feels like a well done episode of the what if TV show, except <laughs> now we have five more issues that actually will explore the universe. Right. That's set right. up in the what if episode. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That's what I liked about it was how fun it was. Mm-hmm. You know, you like it didn't me. spend yeah. a lot of, it didn't spend a lot of time gazing at its navel. Um, it, it quickly resolved problems that it set up. Like, I mean, it would have been very easy for them to hold off on the ending of the book until another an, another issue, right? Um, I I love that immediate payoff and that it was hopeful. You know that this we're even though it's called Dark Ages, we're not going to you know be hopeless. You know yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna have some hope in the, these stories and that our heroes are gonna flex with the changes. I dug this book a lot. Yeah. It's beautifully drawn. Oh, and, and it, we talked Watcher earlier. I love seeing him show up here. Yeah. 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 I, 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 it was a great book. Yeah, I love Peter's description. He's effectively an omnipotent stalker. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Who Watu likes to watch. <laughs> well, hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? It's a big week next week. Um, not only uh, are there a lot of books, but it is also Batman Day next week. So, very heavy Batman releases. Batman 89, issue 2, which I think I'm the only one who's going to be picking up. Um, But I'm very curious to see how that story continues. We also have a number of free Batman books, including Batman Nightwatch, Batman Day Special, Batman The World, Batman Day Special, which is um, started uh, by Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo, uh, but continues on with artists from throughout the world france spain italy germany etc um telling uh, i think a 12 issue story or a graphic novel link story of batman uh, they've been advertising it in the back of dc books but you can get the first chapter for free on batman day next week yep which that's the important word free <laughs> uh, you can also get batman Fortnite zero point uh issue one uh, for free, that's Batman kind of entering the Fortnite world, uh, also for free on Batman Day. So a number of free Batman books. Uh, but if you want to pay for your Batman books, I Am Batman, issue one, comes out next week, uh, featuring the uh, Jace Fox uh, Batman, written by John Ridley, art by Olivier Copiel. Ooh. Yeah, so pretty pretty decent nice. uh, creative team there. Um, also, from DC Comics, the new issue of The Joker and the new issue of Superman and the Authority. Um, we also get the final issue of Rorschach, issue 12, and Titans United, issue 1 of 7, uh, written by Kevin Scott, art by Ho- Jose Luis, uh, featuring all the Titans um, com- to c- combined for one adventure, I guess. I had not heard about this book, so I'm going to check out some preview pages, see what it looks like. Um, 
from Marvel Comics, you have Fantastic Four issue 35, which is the 60th anniversary issue, written by Dan Slott and Mark Wade. Um, it is a $10, $9.99 issue. Oh, uh, they are proud of that, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I was super excited until you told me the price. Yeah. I guess I could skip paying rent for a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also from Marvel Comics, Eternals, Thanos Rises from Kieran Gillen and Dustin Weaver. If you have not been reading the Eternals book, you are missing out. That book is yeah. wonderful. It is amazing. I get caught up. I must Asad Ribic on pencils, uh, Kieran Gillen doing the words. Yep. My God, that's a great book. Amazing. I guess I'll get caught up before Thanos rising next week. He's rising, Paul. (sighs) Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we want to know what you thought about this week's books. What you think about what if? Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the air, you can win a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise. Plus, Paul might answer the phone. And help you out with your Bush Gardens questions. I might. It it is unlikely though. Or um, just or just send a message to him through the Insta our Instagram feed. Uh, he will definitely feel those there uh, quite handily. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you can also hit us up on social media: I O M Geek, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. It's important to remember that Paul Aponte provides twenty four seven customer service here at I O M Geek. He <laughs> literally right. does not sleep. I that's don't. Right. That's right. We poke him. If he falls you. That's why he I don't run. understand. That's why I didn't understand Defenders issue two. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor baby. Now, now if he, if if you get a hold of Paul and he's out of breath, that just means he's answering your call while he's running his eight miles a day. <laughs> or I just went up the stairs. One of those two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it all again next time, guys. Catch you then. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.